The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Natural healing is an evolving field with new discoveries coming forward every day. Join us to find out more about the products and methods that will work for you. Welcome to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, a program with honest information and straightforward talk that will help you take control of your health. Now, here's your host, Howard Strauss. Welcome to the Power of Natural Healing. This is Howard Strauss, your host. We're brought to you by Gerson Health Media at www.gersonmedia.com. That's G-E-R-S-O-N media.com. We're the publishers of Healing the Gerson Way, Healing Arthritis the Gerson Way, Healing Diabetes the Gerson Way, Healing High Blood Pressure the Gerson Way, and uh, these books are all now available at Barnes & Noble stores and at their website, barnesandnoblebn.com, as well as at gersonmedia.com. While you're there, check out our tremendous selection of outstanding videos by experts in food safety, fluoridation, electromagnetic sensitivity, alternative therapies, and other important health-related subjects. And as a matter of fact... We are going to be talking to one of those, uh, one of the documentaries, uh, documentary makers of one of the films that we carry at GersonMedia.com. We're going to be talking today to Amy Kalafa. Uh, did I make, uh, did I say that right? Sounds good to me. Kalafa, yeah. Amy Kalafa, uh, who made a, uh, made a movie called Two Angry Moms. Uh, now, except that it's a little more, uh, Amy's just a little more complicated than just a, a, a simple uh, angry mom, because moms get angry, yeah, we know that, but this is this is uh, way more than angry. <laughs> um, anyone who goes in the woods uh, a, 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 more than once uh, knows very well to avoid baby bears. Baby bear cubs, because if the baby bear cub is there, then the mother's somewhere near, and if the mother senses danger, you will be torn limb from limb. That's the kind of angry mom that Amy Califa is. Um, and uh, this is a lady you do not want to get angry with you. Uh, this is about uh, uh, this is about school lunches and what they're doing to our children in schools. What kind of uh, what kind of trash they're feeding our children? And uh, and Amy Amy is on a crusade now. She's on a mission. Amy, welcome to the power of natural healing, and thank you for spending your time with us. Hello, Howard, and thanks for having me on the program. Well, yeah, it's a real pleasure, and um, and this is a kind of this is exactly the kind of uh, nutrition-based information that uh, that that my listeners uh, and there are 
lots of them, they listen all over the world, that the listeners are interested in because uh, we, we have come to the understanding that disease is lifestyle related and lifestyle being uh, primarily uh, nutrition. So tell us your story. What you're 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 an accomplished filmmaker. Uh, you are a documentary maker. Long experience in uh, in the media and um, uh, and and a lifelong commitment to health and uh, and healthy living and social justice and environmental issues. What what got you on this uh, uh, angry moms uh, binge? <laughs> Well, you know, it's, it's a personal story, and then it's, there's also a social side to it. And from the personal side, you know, I brought I was brought up with the typical, I would say, the typical American diet of most people my age. I'm in my 50s, and, um, you know, fast food was kind of a new thing then. Um, but, like, nutrition was very simple in those days. You ate your peas and carrots, and, you you know, you ate your meat, and even school food was was we didn't love it but it was pretty basic and as i like got into my teenage years it was the 60s and that's really when fast food started to take hold so i i'm a product of my environment and i always had a lot of allergies sensitivities i got sick really easily and nobody made that connection to anything that might be in my in my diet and it wasn't until um i was in my 20s and i met my husband who's from france and I traveled to France with him, and I thought, these French people are nuts. They're obsessed with food. <laughs> um, you know, they had markets, you know, what we call farmer's markets now. That was the market for them, where these open-air markets several times a week. And they would sit around the table for hours, and they'd make these very what I consider very fancy um, meals where there was a carrot salad and a celery root salad and, you know, everything was, I mean, just tons of vegetables and I couldn't really understand why they were so obsessed with food. But then over time I realized that when I ate their food, I felt didn't have my allergies. Things kind of started to connect and it all made sense and so I really began to explore um, the, con- the, the really the connection between food and health got involved in the organic food movement very early on, and my husband and I actually um, founded the first well, it was the first farm on the East Coast that g- grew organic poultry and game birds, and we did that for the New York City restaurant market, and it was a, a very special thing at the time because I had to create um, diets from certified organic grains and make my own diets and so I really learned about the avian nutrition and sourcing all these really healthy ingredients and you know started to understand about the health of the soil and how healthy soil produced healthy food. So this became kind of our family lifestyle. I've always you know, now it's been thirty five years we've been growing most of our own vegetables. It's for the nine months out of the year that we can grow things in our yard in Connecticut now. And um, so it was always kind of this secret life that I had because as a filmmaker, I was in this very mainstream world where you just didn't talk about these things. considered um, sort of polite social conversation to talk about your organic food. It was considered very weird. Um, And then we have two children, two daughters, and as they grew up and went to school, 
um, and I have to tell everybody this, that it wasn't me, it was mostly my husband who made them a very healthy packed lunch for school every day because I am not a morning person. So people give me credit for that, but it's really my husband who sent them to school with a healthy packed lunch. So I did not, I was not thinking about school food at all um, until a couple things happened, and this goes back to um, the year 2005, and the CDC started publishing statistics that were really alarming about childhood obesity, um, type 2 diabetes in children, and it, it, it was frankly quite shocking. And then I would observe how a lot of my kids' friends were being raised on 100% junk food, you know, food that was full of preservatives and flavorings and colorings, and these kids were not thriving. So it, it really became kind of a personal thing for me to try to talk to other parents and and help educate them on, you know, what they could do to feed their kids healthier. And then as a filmmaker, I was actually sent um, by Martha Stewart, who I was working for at the time, to a school on eastern Long Island called the Ross School. And there I met a chef named Ann Cooper, who had created an acronym for their school's uh, lunch and wellness program called, um, for, which was called ROSS, R-O-S-S, and it was regional, organic, seasonal, and sustainable. And wow. she was sort of... Wow. That, that's, that sounds great. It, it was an amazing program. Um, she was connecting with all the local farmers on Long Island, and um, they were putting up food. So if, if, if there was something that, you know, like carrots, they would... Um, all the carrots, they would freeze things, they'd preserve things, but all natural, no chemicals, so that the kids locally all year round, and the kids loved it. And of course, this was a very expensive private school. And I just left there saying to Ann Cooper, I want to make a movie about this. If we could do what you're doing in every school of the country, it would be so amazing. And so after I left and we did this wonderful segment for the Martha Stewart Show, I thought, you know, I really need to educate myself more on the, you know, on nutrition, on science behind this. So I took a year and studied at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition until I felt confident enough that I, I, you know, I knew enough about the way I was feeding my kids and, and the health impact that that had on them and how we could really create change. So I, you know, you always say, oh, somebody should, somebody should, somebody should, right? Mm-hmm. I decided I would be the person to make this. <laughs> I got back in Vancouver, who by that point was the head chef in Berkeley, California, in a public school system where she was really trying to create exactly that kind of change. And so I started looking for people who were doing this closer to me. I was introduced to a former dentist, Dr. Stephen, who had founded an organization called Better School Food, and she was doing... Um, her own crusade near me in Westchester County, New York. And she said something during, you know, one of our conversations, well, we're just two angry moms trying to change the way school food is is done. And I said, I love that name, and it's really true. And like you said, when, when it's your kids and your family and you feel that their health is at stake, then you have to get angry and do something about it. So that's how the movie started, and then I, I started researching and trying to model programs. At the time, there were very, very few. Then I, I'm happy to say that the movement has really caught on, and, and there are many pretty much anywhere in the country you live now. Um, there are programs 
and look at and emulate in, in really every school district. Well, it's so it's so very much needed because you look around you, and uh, I can't remember ever seeing uh, so many kids who are obese, who have glasses, who have behavioral problems, uh, who have, uh, and then and then when they have behavioral problems because of the food that they're they're giving them in school, then they slam them with uh, with Ritalin and with antipsychotics, which uh, which which uh, are known to cause even worse problems. So it's it, it just a, a spiral, a downward spiral. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, I think it's, I mean, because it's so pervasive in our culture, um, parents feel very helpless. Like, you know, unless your child, well, once your child is diagnosed with something like ADD or autism, then you might go to specialists, you know, probably the first line of treatment, as you're saying, is we'll drugs at them and, you know, parents are obviously really tuned into their own kids and they say, you know, the drugs aren't working, they're mm-hmm. making first and then they look and they look and they look and it's stumble on a program like yours or, you know, a, a doctor who actually practices integrative medicine and, and looks at the child's nutrition and looks at the child's diet or finds a health counselor who can really help them. And once a parent says, okay, I need to make these changes, and your child is five, six, seven, eight, whatever years old, it's really hard because children will right, that, again. Because of the habits. Um, I'm going to have to uh, ask you to hold on to that thought for just a moment because we're coming up on our first break here. Uh, this is Howard Strauss, uh, The Power of Natural Healing. We're talking with Amy Califa, uh, the producer uh, and director of, uh, of Two Angry Moms, uh, a DVD that we sell at the Gerson Media. And uh, she has uh, spawned a nationwide, uh, a nationwide movement, books, toolkits. We'll be talking more about that in a few minutes. Please stay with us. This is Howard Strauss. We'll be back in just a moment. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. This is your host, Howard Strauss, and I want to let you know about the special offers we have just for you on the earthing products. The first includes a bed pad, an earthing mat, the earthing book, and all of the accessories you need. Together, these items sell for more than $300, but you can buy them now for $199. To see this kit and all of the Earthing specials, visit our website at gersonmedia.com slash earthing. Again, that's gersonmedia.com slash earthing. Transformational healing includes energy medicine as well as hands-on healing. Tune in every week to Transformational Healing with Dr. Bonnie Morrow, If you want to know more about the business and science of energy fields, chakras, and the medical and spiritual community, join our expert guests as we work together to bring you closer to your personal health vision. Transformational Healing is heard live every Thursday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. 
have a loved one that is undergoing treatment for substance abuse or mental illness, you owe it to them and yourself to tune in to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. This compassionate and educational talk show will help you help those that you love by better understanding their condition and their personal recovery process. Tune in every Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time to One Hour at a Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Recovery begins this hour. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to The Power of Natural Healing with your host, Howard Strauss. To be a part of our discussion this week, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at gersonmedia.com. And now, back to The Power of Natural Healing. Welcome back, folks, to The Power of Natural Healing. This is Howard Strauss, your host, and we're talking with Amy Califa, uh, the producer of uh, the film Two Angry Moms, uh, about what we're feeding our children in school and the kind of garbage and what it's doing to them uh, in terms of their health, their uh, ability to learn, uh, their intellect, their, uh, their, their overall uh, overweight, uh, diabetes, diseases, things like that. So, um, uh, Amy, uh, thanks for hanging on here. Oh, thanks for having me on the program, Howard. Um, Amy, it's uh, uh, you. Uh, you were um, going to do a, a program. Uh, you were going to do a, a, a film, a documentary on school lunches. Is that correct, or, or did I get that right? Uh, well, my, I set out to do a documentary on school food, and and really more than just showing the horrible things that, you know, were going on in schools. It was really about what, what to make it better. Because, you know, at the time, I think uh, the in, An Inconvenient Truth, Al Gore's movie had come out recently, and several others that were just so alarming on different topics, you know, climate change, food, all these issues that were really frightening. And you'd go to the movie theater and you'd see these really powerful documentaries and you'd walk out of there thinking, what can I do? I feel so powerless. It's coming to an end, and I can't do anything about it. So I wanted my movie to be very positive and, and oriented. So there, you know, there is a part of it that talks about the problem and, and what's causing all the problems in our child, uh, in our children's health. But then I really wanted to focus on what we could do to reverse that. And the reason I wanted to focus on schools is, um, as I was saying earlier, how you know the food companies and even schools were saying, well, this is really the parents' responsibility. It's not our responsibility. Parents have to make decisions for their kids. But when junk food is so pervasive and so mainstream in the culture, it becomes really, really a challenge for parents to do. And I thought, you know, schools are where we educate our children. We try to teach them to be good citizens. We try to teach them good manners. All the values that we have in our country, we try to instill in the school. So why would we want to teach our kids to consume things that are bad for them? You know, why would we want to reinforce that and teach them that you can eat all the sugar you want and high sodium and preservatives and food colorings and foods that are grown full of pesticides? Why would we want to tell our children that's okay? So we really need to look at the education system and kind of point the finger back at them. 
And so when I set out to make the movie, I wanted to find examples of school districts that were doing better. And that's what the movie became was my quest. So on the one hand, I followed a district near me in Kachona, New York, where there were a group of moms that were really working hard with the school board and the superintendent and were creating some changes in a system that was outsourced to a food service management company. So that extra layer of outsourcing made it really challenging. Every time they do something good, like get organic milk and get rid of the chocolate milk, it would last for a few weeks, and then they'd go back to the school and they'd see they were selling, you know, hot pink strawberry milk all over again. And so they were really frustrated. Um, so I followed their quest over the school year to see exactly what the process learned. You know, the nitty-gritty, the policy changes that had to be put in place and, um, and, and how they did it. And then at the same time, I traveled around the country finding best practices, model programs where they were doing things in different ways in different school districts, whether it was a big city, um, suburban, you know, poor school district, wealthy school district. It seems that there could be different models for um, different types of school districts. So that's what I wanted to show in the film, that wherever you live, wherever you are, there are ways you can make this better, but it, it does take a huge commitment very often on the part of parents to initiate it, and um, so that's what the film is about a lot, is like what parents need to know and do to get better food into their schools. Well, how did you, how did you really become, um, uh, b b become aware uh, that your children were subject to that as well, even though they were, uh, you were doing your best to send them to school with healthy lunches and, and make, uh, make lunch for them every day and, uh, and feed them only the, uh, the highest quality food that you had, in, in many cases, raised yourself? Um, how did it get from there to uh, to getting angry? <laughs> well, it's, it's kind of a funny story. So I had already determined that I was going to be making this movie, but I had the attitude of sort of a, how would you say, a, you know, a filmmaker. I'm going to explore the issue. like a, a really An observer. An observer. Investigative journalist. And uh -huh. one of the things, so I had, my younger daughter was in middle school at the time. Um, my older daughter, I think, may have already even been in college at this point. And so I contacted the food service director um, in our school district and I explained that I was doing a film on school food and could I come in and meet her to see how the lunch system works because I didn't know anything about school lunch because we had been sending our daughter to school with a, a healthy packed lunch and both our daughters for, for years and years so it wasn't really on the radar. and. Um, my husband was the one who was doing the packed lunch. So uh, not, you know, not something I thought about, but we did have a little bit of money. I think it was $25 on an account in case she forgot her lunch one day, whatever. So I went into the school with cameras rolling, and the food service director was very accommodating to me the surprise system and how back what, what each kid was doing, and they had to have what's considered a, a complete lunch to, for it to be to qualify for the federal reimbursement rate. So they would have to take a milk and a fruit and a vegetable and a main dish. And so she explained all that to me. And then I said, "Well, can you like show me an example of how the you know the readout works?" And she said, "I can't because it's confidential information." And then. I realized, I said, oh, my daughter has an account. Why don't we do hers? And here I am as a mom thinking, you know, she's going to be getting only wonderful things, right? So 
here I am reading out the printout, and it's and I'm saying she got cake, she got crispy treats, she got pop tarts, she got a soda. Uh, you know, all of these things she was getting on a daily basis, and I had no idea. I was really quite naive about it, and that was the moment that I realized that the school was actually undermining the good education that we were giving our children about nutrition, and I had not been paying attention to it at all. So I did get angry. And no. And, that, and, that's a, and that's a dangerous thing to do with a documentary filmmaker. Was it H.L. Mencken said, never pick a fight with someone who buys ink by the barrel? That's right. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I wasn't, the goal of it wasn't to publicly shame my school district in particular because they were doing what everybody was doing. You know, it, right. it wasn't just blaming them, but it was really about looking at the systemic problem that we have. And, and you know, one of the things we did in the film, we went to um, uh, Susan Rubin, who I mentioned earlier, who was the other angry mom uh, in the name of the movie. Um, testified at the Institute of Medicine in Washington, D.C., and she brought with her a bag of the junk, you know, the junk that uh, was available in her daughter's school. And at these hearings, we thought there'd be a lot of angry parents there, and it turned out it was all these people from the food industry. All, all the big companies that were supplying the junk food to the schools mm -hmm. were considered to be stakeholders that were testifying. And, and they were, um, and so Susan was really the only parent there. And, of course, you know, she got her three minutes and was able to say her piece. But those hearings that took years and years resulted in changes to the federal regulations in the, in the National School Lunch Program. And they went into full effect actually just this year. And, what you know, so what they're requiring now is that students must have uh, both a fruit and a vegetable every day. Um, the grains need to be at least 50% whole grain. Um, they're offering only fat-free or low-fat milk, which I don't necessarily agree with, and they're still offering flavored milks. Um, and then they're limiting calories and um, reducing the amount of saturated fat. So it's, it's not really about what I would call the quality of the food. It's not about how the food is grown and the health of the soil that the food is grown in. It's much more about these kind of basic nutritional components. So therefore, Maybe it is a little better, and that was the result of the Institute of Medicine. I'm, I'm glad that they're paying attention to it and that they've actually made these standards go across the board, so vending machines and things like that are also required to have some basic nutritional standards now. But really, my takeaway from the film was that we need to be doing this on a local level. It's not the federal government that's going to make changes, or at least the kinds of changes that you and I would think were meaningful in our school district. Parents and um, school boards and school administrators have to take this on. And so, and so, uh, what, what do we do about it? I mean, how can we how can we change that on a on a local basis? Well, you know, there is some very helpful federal regulation. It's called the School Wellness Policy, and they actually the federal government requires every school district to have a local wellness policy in order to qualify for those reimbursement dollars in the school lunch program. Most school districts have what I would just call a boilerplate policy, which is they take the federal or state guidelines, which are basically identical, and put a rubber stamp on them and say, this is our policy. So they adopt um, guidelines as policy. They don't really have a policy. <laughs> it just says we will have nutritional standards and we will set an amount of, you know, fair amount of time for the kids to eat their lunch and 
we will abide by federal guidelines, but they don't specify what they want their own nutritional policy to be. So the districts that are taking it seriously are looking at the guidelines, interpreting the guidelines, and, and writing policy that they feel is good for the district. And, and the federal government now, um, I think it's in every 50 state, has the Farm to School program, which is wonderful, and they actually encourage local school districts to connect with local farmers. And if a school district wants to say 25% of all our fruits and vegetables have to be locally sourced and organically grown, the school can write that right into their own wellness policy. So this is where um, parents and advocates have, have an opportunity to really start to create change on an institutional level. And it's difficult, you know, because there is resistance from a lot of school administrators. This is how we do things, and very nice that you care, but you don't understand. We can't do it that way. And so it's you're really looking at changing a, a very, very entrenched, slow-moving system. But in the districts where the administrators get on board, um, where parents elect uh, school board members who are supportive of sustainable school food, then these changes get made. And once the decision is made to do it, the rest of it comes um, much, you know, fairly easily. It's really the hard part is getting the district to make it a priority. That's the big challenge. Well, Amy, uh, we're coming up on another break, and uh, and and I, w- I would like to uh, address after the break. I would like to address your your book and your toolkit uh, for people who want to make changes. Um, this is Howard Strauss, uh, the power of natural healing. Uh, brought to you by Gerson Health Media at gersonmedia.com. We're talking to Amy Califa, uh, the uh, the producer of many, many films, but this is the one we're talking about here is Two Angry Moms about uh, the school lunch programs across the country. Please stay with us. There's lots of more great information to have. We'll be back right after this break. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms, and you're on the cusp of a new journey, breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting. Some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuzo to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Your life, your health, 
your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to The Power of Natural Healing with your host, Howard Strauss. To be a part of our discussion this week, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at gersonmedia.com. And now, back to The Power of Natural Healing. Welcome back, folks, to The Power of Natural Healing. This is Howard Strauss. Your host, and we're brought to you by Gerson Health Media at gersonmedia.com. Uh, and we're talking today with Amy Califa, the producer of Two Angry Moms, a documentary about uh, school lunches, uh, the nutrition or lack of nutrition that we are being, uh, that we're feeding our children, and uh, how, how it's making them sick, what it's actually doing to them, not just in health, but also in intellectual development, ability to learn. Uh, and uh, susceptibility to pharmaceutical drugs uh, and anti uh, antipsychotics and so forth. Um, Amy, you made this movie, uh, Two Angry Moms, and uh, it's about how uh, how the school districts, uh, although they can be influenced, uh, how the school districts just take the path of least resistance and often of least cost, uh, and give our children. Uh, give our children what's most convenient or what's most price beneficial to the school district instead of considering their health and their ability to learn and their ability to uh, survive and thrive. Uh, how do we change that? And uh, have you have you uh, have you helped other people to uh, to change that? Well, I hope that the movie has helped other people. Um, you know, what I really set out to do was provide so that. Parents and people could do this in their communities wherever they are. And, you know, you mentioned um, earlier, not just the United States, it's all around the world. So um, the movie, really the purpose of the movie was to, well, what is being done and, and the potential and what could be done and, and to turn people from, you know, feeling kind of, I wouldn't want to even say apathetic, but say caring, but feeling powerless and to realize that, you know, you can advocate and you can make a difference. And then um, our website, which is angrymoms.org, um, we put that up while we were making the movie. And as we learned, you know, more information about um, whether it's, you know, specific nutrition, about how schools work, about policy, all kinds of tools, we started adding them to the website. So now that website is just chock full of tools for people who want to get involved in the movement. And then... Um, when the film came out, it it was kind of amazing because it's really what I would call like a small movie. It's a very independent documentary. We did raise money and people contributed, but not a ton of money. So it's not a film that was made with millions of dollars. But it was the right thing at the right time. The media started really caring about um, what might be causing this epidemic of childhood obesity, type 2 diabetes, and um, behavioral disorders, and so they started looking for somebody who knew, you know, knew something about it, and they found my film, and suddenly, uh, you know, boom, we were kind of launched into a, a national and international spotlight, and it ended up appearing on a lot of national media and, and being interviewed far and wide. 
which was really great for this movement because the movement had already started. I, you know, I, I just kind of documented it, and um, but the media really did, did the movement a huge favor by pointing a spotlight on the issue. And so now, parents who want involved, you know, we've given them these tools. I ended up following it up with a book. I never intended to write a book. I thought I'll make this movie and I'll move on to another movie, but response was just overwhelming and a lot of that was because of all the, the media that we got and so I was finding that my inbox which I still encourage people to write to me um, and my email address is amy amy at angrymoms.org I was getting you know literally hundreds of emails a day some days and I had an entire hard drive full of research that I had filed when I did the movie and I had agents and publishers asking me to write a book. And so that's kind of an unusual and enviable position to be in. And I said, no, 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 for a long time. And then finally, I said, okay, um, wonderful agent um, came along and really held my hand, Laura Nolan, and, and just took me down that journey of what it is to write and publish a book. And so the book, Lunch Wars, How to Start a School Food Revolution and the Battle for Our Children's Health, was published in um, 2011, and so that really is just, you know, organized into chapters of, like, everything you need to know to get that school food revolution started, and, um, you know, we have chapters on advocacy, how to organize, um, on federal policy, federal school lunch policy, and the national school lunch program, and the SDA, local wellness policies, and then um, so some of my favorite chapters are on the really positive side of farm to school and how to get you know fresh food into the cafeteria, teaching food because this isn't just about what we're feeding kids in the lunchroom. It's a whole education, and without that whole integrative education, um, you may not get kids to ever try a piece of broccoli. <laughs> and then um, there's a chapter on uh, outsourcing because about 25% of the cafeterias in the country are outsourced to these big food, school food management companies, and that really brings a whole other set of issues. And, um, you know, I think that the book kind of gives you a guide, and beyond that, um, I try to provide any other additional resources that, that parents need and I, I do some consulting and I work with some other consultants that I refer people to and any school district that's committed to doing this or, you know we, we have all the resources it's, there's no reason not to be able well how um, how many uh, school districts have actually responded positively to this kind of uh, input you know, there's districts all around the country, and some districts have done like, complete um, changes. Some districts have taken, you know, one or two measures. So there's different um, different ways to kind of crack the door open and get in. And what I found when I um, when I came back home to Connecticut after kind of touring around, I really felt like I would be a hypocrite not to try to institute some of this great learning in my own backyard. And I was fortunate enough to connect with an organization called the Green Village Initiative. And they were very supportive of um, starting school gardens in all the schools around my county, which is Fairfield County in Connecticut. And over the past several years, that has evolved. Um, we're really focused on Bridgeport, which is one of the poorest communities in the country, and you know, really high need in terms of kids not getting proper nutrition. And 
So um, that organization has now built a garden at, at every school in the city, as well as a, a two-acre urban farm there where kids from the local schools are, are getting jobs as interns and, and learning not just about nutrition and growing food, but also about business and about being responsible and, and caring for living things. So it's, it's really become a great model. So I think school gardens are one of the best and easiest and really most joyous ways in because who doesn't like a garden? Who doesn't like to grow things? It's very hard for a school superintendent to say, no, we don't want a school garden. Some of them have, believe me, but for the most part, this is how a movement gets started is by doing something really positive like that, whether it's run by parent volunteers or teachers. I've seen school districts where the school nurse or a custodian is in charge of the garden and then runs an after-school program with students. So there's a lot of, a lot of different ways that the school gardens can be managed, but um, you know, and some of the best examples I've seen is when a teacher really takes it on as um, a project that they can, use, you know, really an outdoor classroom. And there are some where they've even built kitchens outside and the kids are wanting to cook in the school garden. And so from there, the kids start questioning, well, why are we growing all this wonderful garden and eating all this processed packaged crap in the cafeteria? Ah. And, <laughs> kids are really smart and they can identify... Um, something that doesn't make sense when they see it. So I've seen that be the catalyst for change in many districts. Well, that's wonderful. You know, uh, lest lest anyone think that uh, that that children having school lunches is not a major issue of our time. Uh, consider that there's a straight line that goes from there to uh, ADD, ADHD, which is a kind of a made-up disease by the pharmaceutical companies to get more and more uh, people to take drugs, in this case, uh, our children. Uh, and uh, and those, those pharmaceuticals themselves have as side effects violent psychotic episodes and suicidal uh, impulses and suicides. So we're talking not just about uh, school lunches and not just about obesity and diabetes, but we're also talking about school shootings and we're talking about violent, uh, violence in the classroom uh, by, by children who are on these antipsychotic drugs. So, you know, this is, this is something that's way more important than just, uh, than just you think, well, I'd rather they ate a good lunch rather than a ch- uh, junky lunch. Yeah, exactly, Howard. And, you know, one wonders, uh, you know, how much of this behavior is triggered by the poor nutrition that kids are being raised on and then how much of it's being triggered to treat that behavior. So it's really a, a, a example of a horribly vicious cycle that is really quite simple to intervene in. You know, it's, it's symptomatic of... A lot of the systems that are wrong in our, our current economy, and, and that is just that we look at the short term and, and don't invest in the long term. I mean, you know, for a few dollars more a day, our kids could be eating, you know, really nutrient-dense um, organic foods for lunch, and many, many of these problems would just, you know, magically they They would just disappear, absolutely. And uh, and that that includes obesity, diabetes, uh, uh, ADD, uh, school violence, all kinds of uh, all kinds of problems, um, because because well you know just just consider you know one big gulp a quart of uh, Coca Cola with sugar water, 
contains like uh, 40 teaspoons of sugar. If, if I drank that, I would be un- unmanageable for the rest of the day myself. Can you imagine yeah. doing that to children? Right, and te- you know, you ask any teacher at any school in the country, and they'll tell you after lunch it's impossible. To it's impossible children. because they're giving them sugar. They're loading them up with sugar. Yeah, and we actually have an example of that in the movie. We took a group of kids on a on a field trip in Harlem, and it's a small group. There's only six kids, and when I asked the teacher why there were only six kids, they said these are the kids, the only kids that are well behaved enough to be allowed to go on a field oh trip. Gosh. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! And those kids were wonderful. All morning we we walked around. We came to a a fruit stand, and the seller gave them fresh coconuts to, to you know they got straws and they got to drink the fresh coconut water and eat the coconuts. It was fabulous. And then we went to a community garden, and the gardener very kindly offered them um, these little pouches of basically sugar water, and they had several pouches of sugar water, and they started going berserk. And the teachers were so embarrassed and. Our cameras were running, so we actually captured these kids who had been so wonderful and focused all morning, starting to bark and tear at each other and, you know, poke at each other. And well, there it is. You know, there it is right there, a demonstration of why you don't need drugs. You just need to stop giving children sugar. Yeah, yeah. No. so we couldn't, I mean, so, you know, had we intended to Amy, create experiment, Amy, it would have been considered cruel. Amy, we're coming up on our uh, on our last break, uh, and uh, so uh, we'll we'll talk about more after the break. This is Howard Strauss, the power of natural healing. We're talking to Amy Califa, a producer of Two Angry Moms. We'll be back right after this break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you feel that you aren't at your best when it comes to your personal health? Even if your doctor gives you a clean bill of health and says everything is in working order, perhaps you aren't feeling at the top of your game. Dr. Rebecca Risk overcame pain and fatigue despite all tests to the contrary. Learn how she put her health back on track and how you can too on Falling Through the Cracks. Live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. We all want to live a healthy, vibrant life. With so many toxins in our world, it becomes an uphill battle. Inflammation is the premise of all disease and comes from four sources of toxins. With a proper understanding of toxins as well as proper detoxification and nutrition, disease can be avoided. Tune in to Whole Healthy Living with Sharon Brennan and learn how you can live a clean, whole, and healthy life in a toxic world. Start your journey Fridays at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to The Power of Natural Healing with your host, Howard Strauss. To be a part of our discussion this week, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at gersonmedia.com. And now, back to The Power of Natural Healing. Welcome back, folks, to The Power of Natural Healing. This is Howard Strauss, your host, uh, and we're brought to you by Gerson 
healthmedia at gersonmedia.com. And we're talking today with uh, filmmaker Amy Califa, who has made a film called Two Angry Moms, and as well as many others, many other prize-winning films and uh, documentaries and so forth. She's uh, she's got a long career in in this. But uh, what we're talking about now is uh, the school lunch programs and how it affects our children, our children's health, the health of the planet, and what our children do uh, as they as they progress in life uh, with their with with their uh, with their health and with uh, with with the health of the planet. Uh, uh, Amy, what would you like to leave our uh, leave our audience with? Um, if if you had you know one or two or three thoughts to to leave them with and to hold on to and to propel them forward. Oh, I guess Howard, I'd like to leave them with really a, a positive message that um, you know the more of us who get involved, the more of us who care, like any other issue, with our kids the more impact we can have, and, and we really can create change. And, you know, I, I hope the piece I've done is just to help provide some tools. Um, you know, the movie, the, the Two Angry Moms DVD is available widely. It's on my website, angrymoms.org. You can also get it on Amazon. It's even on Netflix. And you could host a screening of the film in your community. It's a great way to find like-minded parents and um, form a, a coalition or an organization um, and I encourage all parents to just come to whatever way they can, whatever way they're comfortable. Maybe it's just going to school with their child and having lunch in the cafeteria to see for themselves what kids are eating. Um, the next step is, you know, organize, form a coalition, start speaking out, um, try to educate the community because that's what this is all about. It's getting to that tipping point where there's enough people in the community that you can actually start to make a difference. And, and then, you know, at home, it's really, really important to, um, even if it is still kind of counterculture, although it's certainly becoming more and more a trend to feed our kids well and to be really for parents to understand what that means and that it is organic food. It's, you know, you can't, um, you can't skimp on, on the nutrition for our kids. It's very important to teach kids that this is important to them and get them cooking and get them gardening and get them involved and connected to their food. And um, certainly on a national level, it's important to get involved in legislation and anything that, that supports um, getting advertising and junk food out of school and, and supports good, good, good sensible regulation. And, um, you know, on a local level, I think what I'm really focused on now is creating sustainable food systems that will support school districts so that if you get your district into a place where they get it and they want to do something, there are chefs, there are bakers, there's a distribution system, there are farmers who want to sell to the schools, um, connecting school systems with other institutions and businesses like hospitals and restaurants and caterers. And then I'm looking at school food systems very holistically and we have to talk about food waste and you know the fact that 40 to 45 percent of food on our kids lunch trays is just going into the garbage and that's wrong on so many levels um, and then looking at energy and the energy being used to grow the food and the energy that's powering our schools and making sure that that's renewable and that our labor practices are fair and that anybody who's working in a school cafeteria is, is getting a fair wage and, and the proper benefits. So all of these things, you put them together and you create a, a really positive, nurturing, sustainable food, school food system that can become 
model for our kids and for other communities. And, and this is happening, and it's possible, and I'm here to help. So please feel free to contact me. Well, that's that's absolutely wonderful, and my hat's off to you, really. Uh, it, it, you you say you raised a lot of issues <clears throat> in that uh, uh, in, in that uh, in that last statement that uh, that that clearly have uh, have have impact on the food uh, on the food problem, and one of them, uh, which is always an issue with everybody and everything in, in our culture, at least, is money. Uh, when, when you don't, uh, when you don't think that, uh, when you don't think that, that, that the food that you're feeding the children, uh, has any effect on them other than to fill them up or not, uh, other than to uh, keep them from going hungry or not, uh, then, uh, then going for the cheapest, lowest price foods, uh, is, is understandable. But if you under, if you think, that uh, high quality food leads to a high quality uh, product or a child uh, a child who can learn a child who can who will behave a child who will uh who will develop and uh, develop a brain uh, if you uh if you do that then you have to look a little more carefully at the quality of the food and the quality of the people who are preparing that food and the and the beliefs of the, those people who are preparing the food uh, to, uh, to, to 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 provide the best meals for ch- children as possible. Uh, it, it's 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 often a problem of of money in the school district. Uh, they just aren't unwilling to spend the money, and then when they have these corporate sponsors who put in vending machines and 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 uh, give the school special deals to get kids hooked on their products. Well, you know, when you talk about money, I mean, there there are ways to make it work, and and that's I'm actually in a, um, an MBA in sustainability program right now because this is really important to me is to not, you know, not let a school district get away with oh it's the money we can't do it we don't have the money. There's always ways to find the money and and to make that money work for you. Um, you know, one of the things we like to say is, like, how much do we, people spend on a, a latte at Starbucks? I don't even know because I don't buy them, but I think they're like $4. Um, if you would give your child the same $4 to buy a healthy meal at school, they could get a healthy organic meal for that price. And the other thing, just little anecdotally, um, my husband at one point was making organic dog food and selling it at the local farmer's market. And what we realized from that experience that people were willing to spend at least twice as much on feeding their dogs than they were on feeding their kids the healthiest food they could mm. Oh, so, that's terrible. Yes, it is, and it's all about priorities. So, you know, we need people to understand that our kids are our most precious and valuable resource we have in our world, and we have to spend the money on them because, you know, what, what are we doing otherwise? We're raising a generation of people who are going to be liabilities to themselves and each other and, and everybody else. So, of course, we have the money. We have to have the money, and we have to invest in them. And not only not only that, but if you don't feed your child, children right, then you end up with uh, children that are going to cost you ten times as much uh, as, as you would otherwise spend for good food. Exactly. So we're spending now, I think it's $245 billion a year on treating diabetes. Yeah. I just heard on the news this morning that people are very upset because our government has pledged to spend $3 billion um, helping 
help, helping developing countries turn back the tide of climate change. So when you look at $245 billion versus $3 billion, like if we're willing to spend money on prevention for other countries, like let's take some of that $245 billion and spend it here on the health of our kids and investing in their future. And ourselves ourselves yeah yeah but but they, somehow they you know people just don't make that connection at all and and helping to prevent us from making that connection are the corporations yes. and that again that is why you know I'm moving into the business world now I've been in the world of advocacy and media and I intend to stay there but really um, working with with uh, businesses that have uh, as their fundamental core value this idea of sustainability, and um, you know creating alternative businesses for people who don't want to participate in that complex of, of drugs and junk food and chemicals, and who really you know want to give consumers choices and and make it you know really creating kind of a, a new economy where we can do the right thing. And I think we need to. We're, 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 we're coming up on the end of the program here. I, I just don't want to even end the conversation, but uh, the the uh, but our time is basically up. <laughs> so, uh, Amy Amy Khalifa, thank you so so much for spending your time with us, uh, imparting all of this great information. I compliment on what you're doing, uh, Amy Khalifa. Two Angry Moms. Get the movie. Watch the uh, watch the movie. Get the book. Uh, and, and go to your local school district and insist that your child be given good food. Thank you for being with us, Amy. Thanks for having me, Howard. And join us again next week for another exciting guest. This is The Power of Naturally Healing. Uh, this is Howard Strauss, and stay well. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss. Please join us again next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Until that time, have a healthy, happy week.